Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and His Word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. John chapter number 11. I'm going to read uh, from the 33rd verse through the 43rd, I'm sorry, through the 44th verse. Uh, and then I'll go back and give some context. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but... There's some things that I want you to see here uh, that I think will be uh, really eye-opening and maybe even profound for some of you. John chapter number 11, verse number 33 says this. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with the stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. So that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes. His face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. If you're taking notes on this message and you should be taking notes, why? Because nerds rule the world. It's so cool every time y'all say that spontaneously. It's like you've been trained to do it or something. Um, Nerds rule the world. I want you to write this down. Here's the title of this message. You have to do it. (laughs) With an exclamation mark. In bold. All caps. You have to do it. Let me say it one more time. You have to do it bow your heads let's pray holy spirit help us do it amen let me read you john 11 from the first verse 1 through 4 and then 11 through 14 i want you to have a context to what is going on here a man named lazarus was sick He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness is not unto death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory From this. Verse number 11. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, 
But now I will go and wake him. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus was dead. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. (laughs) It's no plainer than that. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. This is one of the most phenomenal retellings in the entire gospel narrative. Not only because it is a preview of what Jesus would do with his own burial and resurrection, but because this was his dear friend. It is one thing to call upon a stranger for help. But it is something quite different when you're calling upon a friend. You expect your friends to have a quicker reaction time than strangers. You expect your dearest friends to have a faster reaction time than just mere friends. Jesus was endeared to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And on this day, Lazarus falls sick. Not common cold sick, health deteriorating sick. Close to losing your life sick. And Jesus hears about this type of message coming from Mary and Martha with the urgency of the messenger relaying from Mary and Martha to Jesus how serious the situation is. And upon Jesus hearing about how serious this situation is, he says, I'm glad this is happening. I'm sorry, what? Your friend Lazarus is sick, and not just common cold sick, he is sick unto death. Jesus' response, this is going to be great. It takes two days to get to where Lazarus is going to be. Jesus waits two days after hearing this message to even start that way. Now, now I want you to imagine, has anybody ever called on Jesus? Anybody besides me ever called on, you called upon the name. The name that is above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess things in heaven, in earth, and things below the earth. You called upon that name. Have you ever called upon that name in a moment of urgency and got nothing? Anybody besides me travailed for something, travailed for a breakthrough, and you got nothing? You're in good company. It didn't happen to you first. He's not ignoring you. You're having a Mary, Martha, and Lazarus type of experience. 
Lazarus's name by definition means one whom the Lord helps. So your name is even prophetic that that Jesus should show up. And he didn't show up. And these three people are experiencing three different attitudes concerning this situation. Martha, who was always the busy working one, is probably looking at her time, trying to figure out how come he hasn't shown up yet. Mary, the one who was devoted and would sit at Jesus' feet, is probably going, there is absolutely no way that he didn't get this message. He'll be here. Lazarus is having a completely different experience. (coughs) Did you call him? We caught him, Lazarus. He's on his way. Okay. All right. He'll be here. He's faithful. He's a healer. (coughs) I've seen him do it before. He he opened, I saw him open up some blind eyes. It was crazy. The lepers, you remember the lepers? He, I remember he healed those lepers. He, he'll be here. It's my friend. It's one of my dearest friends. And I know he's not going to leave me in this situation. Do you know what my name means? My name means (coughs) (coughs) my name means the one whom the Lord helps. So he has to be coming. He's not going to ignore me. He's going to show up. This is is Lazarus' narrative. This is what he believes while he's still dying. This hope gives way to some anxiety. This anxiety perhaps gives way to some doubt. Lazarus, still believing God. (sighs) Breathes his last breath. He literally dies believing. You ever had something die (laughs) while you were believing for it to live? 
Have you ever been believing God for a breakthrough? And in the middle of you believing for the breakthrough, you died? Has your hope ever died? Has your dream ever died? It would have been different two or three hours later. Jesus walks through the door. Hey, y'all. You just miss him. He just took his last breath. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's just sleeping. But he stays gone so long. They have to have a funeral. And in Jewish tradition, it's not like in America. There is no embalming process. It will not be seven to ten days from now waiting for relatives to fly in from all over the state. Halfway around the world, we're going to keep you on ice. If you die today, you get buried today. So it's not just that he died. It's that I have now gone through the process of burying him. I've now gone through the process of wrapping his body up. Finding a tomb, placing him in the tomb, and then rolling the stone over it. I'm done. I believed God for that. But it hasn't happened yet, so I buried it. I had a funeral for it. I wrote the obituary. I eulogized it. I've tucked it away. It's wrapped up. Forget about it. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. He's dead. It's after all of this that Jesus decides to show up. <laughs> What's with him? Like, I know you want God to get glory, but for real, the dramatics, really. Why? Why must it come through like this? And I love, I love the word really. Does anybody, I like the word really. Because the word really can really <laughs> put a distinction be so, between something that you like and something that you really like. Really puts a distinction between something that you love and something that you really love. Actually, the more reallys you put behind something, gives us a more powerful indication of how much you really like it. Like, I don't just like carrot cake. I really, 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 really like carrot cake. Jesus says something that is profound here. He said, I did this for a reason, because I want them to really believe. If I start preaching today, it's just because what had happened was this sermon is so good. I know you believe, but I want you to really believe. See, I know I've done some miracles for you, and I know that you have a faith, but I want you to really have some faith. I know that you trust me, but I want you to really 
trust me. And, and, and I, I, know, I know that you love me, but I want you to really love me. I, I, I know that you'll die for me, but I want you to be certain that you will really die for me. And the only way I know how to do that is to show up late for some stuff that you wanted me to show up early to. Because I want to put some separation between me doing something and me really doing something for you. I can't share my glory with anybody else. I don't want you to give NyQuil the credit. Theraflu won't get the credit. Your home recipe, your hot toddy recipe won't get the credit for what happened in Lazarus's body. I'm going to make sure he's dead. And four days mean he's going to be really, 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 really. Sometimes God just has to make sure you really, 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 really buried it before he really 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 resurrects it there's some stuff that God wants to give us because he wants us to really believe and he'll let you get down to your last. He will let you get down to a negative account. He will let you get down to the end of your mind <laughs> before he decides to step in and respond. Waiting for him to show up. Show up, Jesus. Breakthrough, Jesus. <laughs> I came to corporate prayer, Jesus. I got on the 5 a.m. call, Jesus. There's 22 people on Facebook always praying live, Jesus. I've been on all of them. I need you to come through. He comes through casually. Four days later. <laughs> Martha meets him first. Hey. Y'all good? Or if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. What is your problem? I told you I was coming. Did the messenger not tell you I was coming? Well, you're late. <laughs> Don't understand you. I cook for you when you come over. Least you can do is show up. Your plate wasn't late. Huh, was it? Every time you come over, I already have food for you. Your plate wasn't late. Why are you late? <laughs> Moves past Martha to Mary. Mary's like, dude, I love you. Like, it doesn't even matter. Okay. I love you. So, so I wanted you to come through. You didn't. Look, he'll be resurrected at the last day. We don't even have to talk about it. I forgive you, Jesus. You know, sometimes you just, you, you inconvenience me. I don't understand you sometimes. You're sovereign. My, your ways are not my ways. So I don't even know what you be doing sometimes. So I've just resigned myself to the fact that, look, it, look okay, you're just different. And I thought you would have said, but if you don't want to, that, I'm still faithful to you. See, see there, there's a faith you come to that even when God don't answer your prayers, you're like, I thought you would have, but I just, it don't matter no more. 
I buried it. It's over. Okay, we're fine. Jesus comes in and, and he starts messing with them. Because Jesus shows up to this situation. And there is one thing that they can't do. One. And the one thing that they can't do is bring their brother back to life. Everything else they can do. And he makes them do it. Which brings me to my four points. Four points. It's a three-pointer and I got fouled. Point number one, write this down. You have to locate it. John 11 and 34, Jesus asked this question, where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. See, they want a a miraculous uh, performance by Jesus, but here's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to show up, but I'm only showing up to do the one thing you can't do. Everything else that you can do, you will do. Because I'm not showing up to be uh, someone that, that, that has to do everything in your life. You have some responsibilities. I told you I was coming. For some reason, I think you think four days is beyond my miraculous power. So I need to ask you a question. Where did you put them? Do you know where you put the thing that you were believing God for and buried? He says, I want you to locate it. Take me to where that is. I'm not walking straight to it. I'm having a confrontation with you first, and I want you to take me to where you buried it. He said, here, Lord, come and see. Point number two, write this down. You have to expose it. (laughs) Oh, this is so good. Roll away the stone, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Here's what he says. You need to locate it because you can do that. You can find him. You buried him. You find him. He said, and you have to expose it. See, you cannot receive a breakthrough unless you're willing to expose the thing you buried. If you always build a wall around it, if you always roll a stone in front of the thing that you were believing God for and lock it away and you are afraid to bring it out now because it's so old it stinks. I don't even want to bring up what I was believing you for when I was a teenager because it stinks by now. I'm in my 60s. I don't even think you're going to do that anymore. I've moved on. He says, no, no, I want you to expose it. He, he says, but it's, but, but I love Martha's response, but, it, but it's, the smell will be terrible. He says, roll away the stone anyway, because here's the thing. God, God is not 
intimidated by stinky stuff. I don't know if you know this or not, but, but God's not intimidated by stinky stuff. Let's go deep. He's not intimidated by rotting stuff. He is not intimidated by decaying stuff. I was going to be a homicide detective, so a, a, a four-day-old dead body has already gone through the stages of rigor mortis. The body has already congealed. The blood has already congealed in the body. Things are already starting to decompose. The parasites that live in your gut, that stay active because you are alive, come to life more when you are dead. So it doesn't need any contact with the outside elements for it to start the decaying process. Those little parasites, those little bugs in your gut get to work. They start producing gases, the same gases that you have when you're alive. I don't know if you know this or not, but those are not yours. There's tiny bugs in your gut. Letting off the silent but deadlies. Just let y'all marinate in the fact that you're in church on a Sunday morning. Somebody just says silent but deadly. Four days of decay. And Jesus says, expose it. I don't know what type of year that it is, but if it's a humid and hot type of year, the decaying process is actually faster than it would be if it was a cooler type of the year. So this decomposition rate could have produced a really foul Odor. Jesus' response is, expose it. Roll the stone away. I want to deal with it. <laughs> the thing that you buried that stinks so much that you don't even want to go back to, I want to deal with that. Amen. Roll the stone away. They rolled the stone away, which brings us to point number three. You have to let it come out. You have to give that thing permission to come back out. You have to give yourself permission to believe again. You have to give yourself permission to dream again. You have to let it come out. See, here's the thing that's amazing to me. Jesus says three words to Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. Now. Let me tell you how specific and powerful Jesus' command is. If you think Lazarus was the only person named Lazarus, you are sadly mistaken. If you think Lazarus was the only dead person named Lazarus during this time, you are sadly mistaken. He says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus who has been dead for four days and decaying for four days. You ever heard somebody say, you smell like death? Hopefully you haven't, but if you have. <laughs> they're trying to convey what you might smell like if you were dead, but you're alive, so you're nowhere near it. 
four days of death. Here's the thing that's amazing to me about this particular portion. Lazarus is dead. And he's bound up in grave clothes, right? I want you to see this visual. Jesus says three words. Lazarus, come out. He is now alive. But he's still bound. He's still wrapped up. He still has all the grave clothes around him. It's amazing to me how critical believers are when they find another believer in this Lazarus stage. Because we expect when Jesus revives us to smell good and look good all at the same time that he said, come out. But you can actually have a revival and still smell like death. I'm going to take my time here. You can actually have a revival and still have on grave clothes. You can actually have a revival and still have a smell about you that doesn't indicate that you've been with Jesus. Because probably you haven't in a while, but you heard him. He, Lazarus gets up. I don't know how he gets out. I don't even know if he hops out. I don't even know how he got off the slab. I don't know if it was one of those, you know, indentures where he was just tucked into and he had to roll out. They would traditionally put a death napkin over your face. He's bound, so he doesn't have time to do that. And we know he doesn't have time to do that because of the fourth point that I'll get to in a minute. So Lazarus, this is a sign of someone who's obedient to Jesus' command. That they do not use their bandages as an excuse to stay where they are. They do not use who bound them up, who wrapped them up, who tied them up as an excuse to stay put up. They said, I don't care how much wrappings are around me. The master has called me and any way I can, I'm going to get to him. He comes out stinking. Do you know how much has to happen to get a man who's been dead for four days to just wake up? This is more than just your heart starts beating again. All of those bugs in your gut go, oh, what? Everything has to start doing something that it wasn't doing before. The lungs have not breathed air for four days. They have to start breathing again because he said so. The heart has to start beating again because he said so. The activity of his limbs have to become active again because he said so. I'm telling you, there is some things in your life that God wants to wake up and you're going to come out because he said so. Not because you even want to, because he said so. You are coming out because he said so. Well, I don't feel like it. I've been here too long. Come out because he said so. Your marriage is going to live again because he said so. 
you are going to become who he called you to be. Because he said so. Lazarus, come out. It's amazing to me because we all have a little bit of Lazarus in us. Remember what his name means. One whom God helps. Anybody beside me? <laughs> Anybody else need God's help? I am one whom God helps. I, I am Lazarus too. He, I, I've been in those situations where I had some dead stuff and he called it back to life. And I'm like, I wasn't planning for this to live again. I had already performed the eulogy on it. I thought it was over, but now it's coming back. And he comes out and he comes out. And when he comes out, he comes to where Jesus is. And then he's just standing there. Because that's all he can do. What else can he do? There's nothing else he can do. I've come as far as your command will take me. I'm alive, but I'm bound. I'm wrapped up. I can't get out of this myself, which brings us to point number four. You have to let it be unwrapped. Now, please hear me on this point. Because I'm going to say something to you that may mess with you theologically because everybody wants to have a personal experience with Jesus, not attached to other people. Only God can judge me. God is dealing with me in my personal life, and I don't need you to be a part of it. God is working on me by myself. He's consecrated me away from people. People are my problem. But I've, but I've gotten away with the Lord, and I'm spending time with him by myself. So don't call me. Don't check on me. I'm taking a fast from social media. I can do this by myself. And then Jesus makes a completely theology-busting statement like, unwrap him and let him go. Hear me. Not unwrap yourself. <laughs> hey, I don't know if it's the same people that wrapped you up that's going to unwrap you or if it's going to be a different set of people that's going to come and unwrap you. But this is this is I've come to I've, I've, I've done my part. I came to do the only thing you couldn't do, which is resurrection. Everything else. You have to do it. <laughs> Would you all want to wrap him and let him go, please? You have to give people permission to help you come out of bondage. I know you don't want to hear this. You have to give people permission to help you come out of your pain. You have to give people permission to unwrap you from a grudge and from bitterness and from low self-esteem and from insecurities and from spirits of rejection. You have to give people permission to hold you accountable. Or else you'll just be hopping around in life, giving a testimony that I'm free. When in reality, you are alive. But if my mother will excuse my 
English, you ain't free. You need other people to be free. No, you don't. I don't believe that, Tim. Okay, Jesus died. Could he put himself in the tomb? Could he even take himself off the cross? Somebody had to help him. Jesus even had help. No, he's not. He's Jesus. You see how bad theology is when you make it a me-centric gospel? I'm going to get my own breakthrough. I'm going into the enemy's camp by myself. No help. I'm taking back everything he stole from me. No, the truth of the matter is you need help. Here's what I love about this story. Jesus only shows up to do one thing. Everything else that they can do, he makes them do. Because you have to, thank you, Holy Spirit, you have to play a part in your own healing. You have to play a part in your own deliverance. You have to play a part in your own breakthrough. God, my finances are dead. I need a breakthrough. He comes through with the breakthrough because that's what you couldn't do. Here's what he says now. Please pay your bills on time. Be a good steward. Put some money in savings and don't get put in this situation again. You have to do something. God, please save my marriage. I messed it up. Okay, I'm going to restore your marriage. Stop cheating. You're going to celebrate your 11th year, but you bet not cheat no more. Because if you die again, I may just leave you there. You have to do it. See, we're always believing God to come in and do something, not knowing that there's some stuff we have to do, too. See, this is that good old grow up and become a disciple type message. This is not that I'm a victim. Please come save me. Jesus message. You locate it. You expose it. What's the other two points? Come on, nerds. Huh? Let it come out. What's the, what's the fourth one? Let it come out. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Give yourselves a hand. That's how you take notes. Pop quizzes happen all the time. You have to do it. And here's the thing. You can. I can't go back to that place. Yes, you can. I can't expose it. I'll be embarrassed. Yeah, it stinks. Yes, you can. I can't come out. I'm bound up. Hop. Roll over, stop, drop, roll, get up, scoot, do the worm, do something, get out. Let somebody help you. No, I can't let anybody help me because I've been hurt before. Stop. Everybody in the whole world won't hurt you. I got rejected. I got betrayed by my friend. Jesus did too. Hush. You're not getting out of this. Grow up. I need a friend. You do. I need a hug. We give them. I need a life. Come out. You have to do it. So do it. Locate it. Expose it. Come out of it. Let somebody unwrap. Bow your heads and close your eyes.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.